Would you turn to Matthew 4, verse 12? Glory to God. Matthew 4, verse 12. Praise God. Praise God. 4, verse 12. It says, Now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. Verse 13, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun, Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise God. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, when we see that word repent, people, people have religious ideas in their head. Repent means to turn away from. Repent means to change direction. When you repent, it means you're going this direction, and now you're going this direction. If you were headed, I mean, you could say, if you're headed uh, to the store and you repent, you decide, you know, I'm not going to the store. I'm going this way. I'm going to go to a different store, maybe. It's a change of direction. It's an it's a, um, adjustment. And Jesus is saying here, or it says here, from this time, Jesus began to preach, and he started to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed them. So Jesus started out, and he's saying, So John was put into prison, and then he quotes Isaiah. Go back to verse 16 for a minute. We'll come back to this probably. It says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven has come near them. They don't realize that Jesus is in front of them. And he is that great light. And he is saying, so John was preaching, John was declaring, the light is going to come. I mean, I don't know, he, the, he, he was talking about Jesus, which is the light. Who is the light? He's saying to repent. That's what John was preaching. Now Jesus is telling them, change for the kingdom of God is at hand. They don't understand what's ha happening here. And then Jesus, he goes and he starts calling his disciples. The thing that he came to earth for has begun. 
has started. He's going to call his disciples. Now I want you to, I'm going to read this in a number of translations. I want you to get this this morning and see what this is saying. But there's a, there's a thrust here this morning that we want to cover. Matthew, uh, uh, we're going to read 417 in a number of translations. In the Amplified Classic. It says, from that time Jesus began to preach, crying out, repent. Now here, look at this. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now repent does, can be used for sin, and that's part of it. And anything really that's not God's best, that's when you're missing it. But that's not the part that, that's part of it. That's not what we're really focusing on this morning. I want you to get the part about changing and refocusing and get that, that thrust this morning when you see this in these different uh, translations. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways. This is adjustment that it's saying. This is, repent here is saying you adjust. Now you're going to see this in these different translations. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways with abhorrence for your past sins. This, take, this has the, the uh, sentiment that I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm tired of this stuff over here. I'm moving toward this. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Amplified. It says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that, provide, that proves repentance, seek God's purpose for your life. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, go back to the beginning of this, please. Repent, change your mind for the better, or change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your old way of thinking. Old could be yesterday, but that could have been based on 20 years. You know, what were we thinking yesterday? What were we thinking last week? If it doesn't align with the Word of God, then let's shut it out. Get rid of it. Flush it. Change. Not in a works way. Not in a way that this... See, people will read. Repent. And it can cause sadness in people because people think, Oh, they, they've been beat up by religion and they think, I know I'm not who I should be. That's why Jesus came, is so that we can have a new life. This is what he's saying. The kingdom of heaven is here. Change. It's right in front of you. And he's saying, change your way of thinking. Regret past sins. Now, the other one says, you know, change it so that you, with abhorrence with your past sins. Regret past sins. This doesn't mean dwell on it. Let's just deal with this part right now so we can go forward. And it says, live your life in a way that proves repentance. Regret past sins. If you have come before, if there's something in your past, 
If there's something yesterday, if you've brought it before the Lord Jesus Christ, you've said, Lord, I missed it. I, I acknowledge that was wrong. You put it before the throne of God and you leave it there. You, you acknowledge it. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive you, cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So it takes, it's an act of faith. You will have to use your faith in this area as much as in any area that if you blow it, it doesn't have to be something big. You just, you know better. You miss it. You stumble. You don't plan to, but you do. If you let that dictate where you're going, you're wasting time. In other words, if you miss it at 8 a.m. in the morning, don't, be, don't stay there the rest of the day. Don't stay there the next day. You know, it, it's, it's tempting because you have help. The devil will try to trip you up. You miss it on Monday, and on Saturday, you're still dealing with it. You, you wasted the whole week because you're beating yourself up of what, by what, because of what happened. You missed it. Okay, you missed it. Now you're missing it tenfold because now you're wasting it, wasting time. You're worrying about it. You're in condemnation. You're in guilt. The devil is having a heyday with you, knocking you upside the head. Why? Because you missed it. You, what you need to do eventually... And sooner the better is to say, God, I blew that. That was wrong. Forgive me. I don't plan on doing it again and get up and go on. And that can be the next minute if you miss it. If you miss it and blow it with your spouse or with your sister or your brother or, you know, a friend. Don't take three days to make it right. Just go and make your kids, you know, we're... We're not perfect as parents. Just go and make it right and say, I'm sorry, I blew it. That was wrong. And get up and go on. Don't compound. the. You missed it. It's in the past. You can't do anything about it. It's gone. You can cry over it, but it's not going to change it. You know, don't cry over spilt milk. That actually aligns with the Bible. It's not a scripture, but it does align with the Some sayings, people quote them like scriptures, and they don't, they're not actually scriptures, and they don't align with the Bible. You know, Paul said, looking forward. Okay, what that is, is, okay, you can cry all day, but the milk is not going to put itself back in the container, and you don't want to drink it if you did. So just get over it and go on. And sometimes we blow it, and we act like I, me crying about it, or me beating myself up, or getting mad, or going into a cave and wallowing is going to change it. It will not. You know what it will do? it just mess up your present life. And we feel like, well, you know, I blew it, so now I have the right to sulk. No, you don't. You're just messing it up, messing yourself up, and messing the people up around you. So let's not do that. Let's live in the light of God's word. Go, and if we miss it, get up, go on. And if you miss it, get up, go on. You say, that's hard. You're right, it's hard, but it's possible. And it gets easier the more we do it. And it's the word. You talk about acting in faith. You're going to have to act in faith when you forgive yourself and take God at his word and say, and he says you're cleansed. If he says you're cleansed, who are, to, how, who are you to say you're not? The devil will try and come and say, oh yeah, fine, but you still did it. Yeah, and you need to get past the point and say, fine, but I'm going on anyway, and in your face, I'm going to have a good day. And I'm going to have a good tomorrow. See, he tries to stop you and get you to be discouraged. Well, he's won. Who, who are you who think you are? You call yourself a good Christian, call yourself a good husband, call yourself a good wife, call yourself a good daddy. Look at what you just did. 
that is a tactic he's going to try to run on you. As long as it works, why does he have to change plays? He can run that all day long, and if it's working, why does he need to change? It's worked for three years, why do I need to change? You know what? We need to take it and shove it in his face and say it's not working anymore. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God, I take God at his word. I gave this, I put it before God, and if the highest power in the universe, the highest authority has absolved me, who are you to condemn me? And who are you to condemn yourself? The highest court in the universe has called you free and absolved. So walk in that and go on. So when we're reading this, don't constantly think about that is true. We need to get past that. But that's not really my thrust in the morning. But let's hit that. Okay, let's go on. Don't, as we're going through this, don't be going, oh, yeah, I should have. Oh, yeah, I know I have to. But no, we're not talking about, you know, you beating yourself up. We're talking about a change in mentality here. He said, repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance. Let's say one more thing on this. There's a difference. See, the, the regret past sins here or, you know, live in abhorrence of your past sins, that's a hard attitude. In other words, I don't want to have anything to do with that stuff. My heart is not to do that. See, people, there, there, there's people that get out of bounds and say, well, it doesn't matter what I do. It does matter what you do. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Our attitude towards sin ought to be, I am cutting that out. If I see anything in, in me, I am going to cut the thing out. I don't, I don't plan and make a way to sin. But if I miss it, I get up boldly and I go on. But it's not that I beat myself over up over something I did, but I regret it. In other words, if I could go back, I, I wouldn't have done it. See, that's a heart after God, not self-condemnation, not beating yourself up, but saying, I don't have a heart. Are you kidding me? I don't have a heart to do that. I want to be as far away from it as possible. But there's an attitude sometimes like, well, it doesn't matter because God's grace is sufficient. That's not true. His grace is sufficient, but you don't mess with something because you're opening the way for the enemy to beat you up. So when it's talking about regret, it's saying, I, 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 I'm doing the best I know how to do to never sin again. That ought to be our attitude. My target is, you say, how is that possible? Well, that's our target. You say, I'm not planning on it. I'm, I'm keeping my eyes up. I'm going to keep my eyes on God, and I don't have any... Because Satan's deceptive. He'll try to get in there and say, ah, well, it doesn't matter. You can repent afterwards. Here's the deceitfulness of sin. You can get hardened to where you don't want to repent. But, moving on. It says, regret past sins. Live your, way in a, a way, live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life. Seek God's purpose for your life. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says all these things, and why is he saying it? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They are looking at the Christ, the Son of God. What I want to get over to you this morning, one of the things I want to get over to you is the Son of the living God, by His Spirit, lives in us. We live in a time here where the kingdom of heaven is is here. He came to start it, but we are living in a time God is on the earth through His Spirit. This is a time not to be 
uh, ambivalent, not to be apathetic, but to realize each day, each minute is precious. Why? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Today. Now. Now. Today. God is in us. God's work is now. It's not for 20 years from now. It's today. What you do today ought to be what it says here, God's purpose for your life. If it's not, get rid of it and move on and find God's purpose and get going. We have an anointing, each of us, to do what God has called us to do. You don't have an anointing to do something else, and we don't have time to waste. Praise God. Look at, uh, we're going to be looking at some more of Matthew 4.17. But let's put up Luke 4.17. We're in Matthew 4.17, but we're looking at Luke 4.17. just happens to be the same verse. <clears throat> Numbering. Oh, glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. This is Jesus. He was handed the book of I, the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit, this is Jesus speaking, he's, he's, he's reading Isaiah, and this prophecy is about him. Well, as we read it, you are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Christ means anointing, the anointed one, Messiah. It's not Jesus' last name. It's Jesus Christ means Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the anointed one. Christ, that's what Christ means. Well, we are Christians. What does that mean? We are anointeds. We are after him. We are this. We are, you are not the Christ. You're not the Son of God, but you are a son or daughter of God, and you have a measure of the anointing on your life, what? To do what Jesus would do if he were here. Amen. Amen. And Jesus is saying, when, when he's reading this, he is saying it about himself. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. Gave it back to the attendant. And sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And, and he began to say to them. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He says, this is being fulfilled in me. Well, his work has continued through his body. And that means this work continues through you. This work continues through me. Let's read these verses again, verse 18, and apply it. 
to ourselves. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You could, see, you could read this in the first person. Jesus was reading it and saying it about himself. Well, we need to understand this applies to us. We are not the Christ, but we are anointed and we are children of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Everybody said, He has anointed me. He has anointed me. We have an anointing from God. We need to understand that. To preach the gospel. See, what has He anointed us for? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is what we are to do. We are anointed to do it. Every person that is in the body of Christ as a Christian, whether they know it or not, they're anointed to do just what this is saying. We are anointed to take the message of God to the world. Now. Praise God. We are anointed to do this. I'm going to put Matthew 4.17 up. In, uh, let's hook up backwards where we were in the Amplified and then we're going to go on. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that's the reason all these other things are happening. He's saying, Repent, change your mind, seek God's purpose. What is God's purpose? It's what you're called to do. That's where the anointing is. That's God's purpose overall and God's purpose day to day. Where is the anointing? It's on God's pathway that He has for you. Where, what are you to do in any given day? God has something for you to do and there's an anointing and a blessing and a supernatural help that goes with it to do just that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Matthew 4.17 in the Common English Bible. It says, From that time Jesus began to announce... Change your hearts and lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. Change your hearts. Change your lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. Can you see what he's saying? He's saying, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. They're staring at it and they don't understand it. But it's coming. It was coming. He was saying, you need to change what you're thinking. You need to change how you're viewing life. 
I'm going to jump ahead to this. This is really the, the part that I, I the thrust of it. We'll, we're going to fill in some of these blanks, but I'm just going to jump. Jump to the Ben Campbell version. This is, this is a you know, guy translates. From the time that John was in prison, Jesus began his ministry saying to all the people, change your attitude and actions because an invasion of the Spirit is imminent. Change your attitude and change your actions for an invasion of the Spirit is imminent. What does imminent mean? It's coming. It's right here. If we can get it over this, to our, the thing I want to get over this morning is that our lives, I, what we're dealing with right now in front of us, the Spirit of God is here to work with us now. Amen. Don't apply this off in the future. Change your attitude and actions. Change what you're thinking. Does it change how we look at things if we truly believe that an invasion of the Spirit of the living God is imminent? It's not out there in the future, but it's, we're on the cusp of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Does it change the way we view anything? When you get up in the morning, if you believe that the Spirit of the living God, that an invasion of the Spirit is imminent, if the, the, where Jesus said over and over in other translations, the kingdom of God is at hand, if you believe that, you don't get up and go, meh. <laughs> Another day. Come on. Would you, would you act like that? You would believe Has anybody, I know I was like this when I was, you know, growing up. We wouldn't necessarily, I, I, I didn't really want to get up in the morning for certain things, but if there was a special event going on, somehow I had no trouble getting up, five something, whatever, way before the thing is going to happen, I can't sleep, I'm ready to get up and I'm up. You know, parents are like, where is this when you got to go to school? Where is this the other days, you know? Now we're trying to sleep. And on Saturdays, you know, there were like cartoons sometimes you want to watch. And they, things would start like 5.30. We're up. The day before, wasn't ready to get up for school. But all of a sudden, we have no problem getting up. Why? Got to watch Godzilla or whatever it is, you know. It used to be a cartoon. You know, you're going on a camping trip or going on a trip and, number one, can't sleep at night. And then, number two, when you fall asleep, you're up in the morning. It, the first little blink of sun, you know, sun comes through the window and you're like, what time is it? Oh, it's only like five. Your parents are trying to get a, some more sleep and you're up, ready to go. We're ready. Where, where are we going? Why? Because something's going to happen. Day before, school's going to happen. You're not, you're, not, you're not like that. You're not ready. Well, if we truly believe this, if we believe it's just life as, nor as usual, eh, we're just going through life. Yeah, we're Christians. 
yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool. We're, go to church, go to work. Just go through life. I mean, you know, tomorrow will probably be the same as today. Next week, you know, we're just planning for the future. It's whatever. But if we truly believe, and believe right now, that God, that he, his plan is being worked out on the earth through us, and that the kingdom of God is, I mean, they, they, were ta- Je- they were talking to Jesus. Jesus was starting his ministry. Do you understand? We're the ones carrying it out. We're in the middle of what he was talking about starting here. Right now, on this earth, if you believed that an invasion of the Spirit of God is imminent, you would not be just, oh yeah, whatever. You'd be on the edge of your seat saying, what's coming? What's coming? God, what? What can I do? What am I supposed to do today? And what am I supposed to do tomorrow? It changes your perception. Every day, every part of the day, being ready, being excited, right now, to change our minds from, because this is what he's talking about, change your attitude, change your actions, make them line up with what, you, what we say we believe, that this, the Spirit of God is moving on the earth now. He is. Do you know what's keeping him from moving in any given area? This. In our lives, when we, if we come and we can be the ones expecting, we get up. Because we are on the cusp of something. You can, it's vibrating in the earth. There's stuff going on. We don't have, it doesn't have to be in some other continent. How are we, are we waiting for something to go? Seriously, what, 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 what's going to happen? If something's going to happen, go, oh, well, there it is. Now it's happening over there. What, how would that happen? What if we said, wait a minute, I'm taking God at his word. Because he's here. Now, Jesus, this is saying, this is what was about to take place. You understand we're in the middle of it. We are the children of God. We are the family of the Almighty. He is here now. He is in us now to do what? To do what he did on the earth. Today, you don't have a boring day. There's nothing ever, if we believe this. Now, if we don't think it's true, then you can get off going, well, whatever, it's another day. I'm not going to do anything just always the same but if we believe this we don't have enough days on the earth i don't care how long you live there there's it's short every day's numbered i'm not saying that in a negative way we have every day we're going toward something on this earth we are living our lives if we're living our lives for him, every day is significant. It doesn't mean you run around like a chicken with his head cut off, just going everywhere, oh my God, Jesus, come back to you, and you won't get anything done that way. <laughs> Go around, ah, just running around, oh God, Jesus, come back. 
But what does he tell you? You mean you can do it in a controlled, excited, determined fashion. I am not going to be moved off. See, it's a mentality. It's a hard attitude. What do we believe about our circumstances right now? Do we think, oh, same old, same old, oh, something will happen sometime? Or do we believe, no, wait, no, it's imminent. I, I'm, a, I'm a carrier of the living God. I am anointed, like Jesus said I, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We need to get up every day and say, the Spirit of the Lord is, on, is upon me. Lord, what would you like me to do? Where are we going? What are we doing today? Doesn't mean it has to be spectacular every day, but it is supernatural. Yeah. Let's look at it in the contemporary English version. Then Jesus started preaching, turn back to God, the kingdom of heaven will be here soon. Well, he said it's imminent. It's right here. <clears throat> the message. Now, this Isaiah prophesied sermons. I'm going to go back to verse 17 and just read actually what this whole thing in the message. When Jesus got word that John had been arrested, he returned to Galilee. He moved from his hometown, Nazareth, to the lakeside village, Capernaum, nestled at the base of the Zebulon and Naphtali hills. This move completed Isaiah's sermon. Land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali, rode to the sea over Jordan, Galilee, cross roads for the nations, people sitting out their lives in the dark, saw a huge light sitting in that dark, dark country of death. They watched the sun come up. This Isaiah prophe prophesied sermon came to life in Galilee the moment Jesus started preaching. He picked up where John left off. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. I want you to go back. These don't have verses in this. Can you go back just a few slides to where it's saying people sitting out their lives in the dark? Next one forward. Oh, yeah. People sitting. That, go, to, go back to that one. Sorry. People sitting out their lives in the dark. Next one. Saw a huge light. Sitting in that dark, dark country of death, they watched the sun come up. Guys, do you see, do you see the picture there? They're sitting in this dark area, but all of a sudden, the light starts to rise. And Jesus is saying, that's me. He said, I've come. The kingdom of God has come near you. Do you understand? People are in darkness, even Christians just sitting in going, ah, it's business as usual. But God said, the kingdom of God is here. It's imminent. It's how we're looking at it. He said, light. In the other translation, light has dawned. It starts on the inside. Not on, see, sometimes we're waiting for something on the outside. Wait, when this changes, when this changes in my life, if something, I see something, then I'll get excited. That's totally backwards. It's how we're looking at our lives right now and looking at this time we're in right now. God himself 
is in us. God Himself has given us His Word and His Spirit, and He has said, we are anointed. God has a plan on this earth, and our minds and our hearts, we just need to adjust and look at, instead of looking at our lives like, well, I'm waiting for something external or out there, something to happen to where I'm looking at God and His plan for my life and saying, Lord, what is it now? What is it now? What am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do today? Lord, you're doing something today. Lord, you're, you're wanting to move today. What, what is it? What do you want me to prepare for? What do you want me to change? What do you want me to get on the track for? What do I need to get out of my life? What do I need to modify? What, have I let it, what am I letting hinder me? What am I letting keep me from running as fast as I can run? What do I need to flush? Because if I believe... Can you put up that other one? Because we'll refer to it again. Uh, the Ben Campbell translation. Now, before we go there, let's go to Romans 12.1. Romans 12.1. Praise God. Amen. You guys all right? God is faithful. Oh, He is faithful. We just look to His Word and start acting on what He said. He will always do what He said. It says, I beseech you. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice he said, if you go back to verse 1, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. So you present what you are to God, saying, God, here I am. What do you want me to do? What is it you need? A living sacrifice. You're alive. You know, not a sacrifice you kill and then burn. But we're alive and we're saying, God, what is it? You show me. I, I, I'm your man. I'm your woman. What do you want me to tweak? What do you want me to change? All I have is at your feet. What do you want me to do? Well, that only comes... When we actually believe something is imminent. If, we're, if we let Christianity and our faith, our, our way of living, that the truths that we have, that we've been blessed to know, that we know that we can believe God, that we know that He wants good for us, that He doesn't want evil, that He's on our side, that He believes in us, that He is in us, that the Spirit of God can lead us, that we can have health for our bodies, that we can have good relationships. We know that God isn't out to destroy us. We know that God isn't out to harm us and He isn't going to, you know, knock us around to just sort of teach us something. That if we understand these truths, we, we can get lulled into thinking it's just, well, the next day, yeah, we believe, but, eh, this is life. And we have our way of talking and we have our way of saying and, and giving, you know, uh, attention to certain things. But we don't actually believe that the move of God and the Spirit of God is imminent and ready to do something like He wants to do and He has done in the Word of God and all throughout history and in other countries that He wants to do it now and here in our lives. That changes our outlook. It changes the way we look at it. That changes when we uh, as far as being a living sacrifice, that it's not, uh, yeah, I know all that. Yeah, I'm going to. What is it now? It becomes alive. It becomes vital. It becomes quickened. 
We become a living sacrifice of what do, you, what do you want me to do today? What is it today? Because you're actually on the throne ready to do what you said you could do. That's not history and it's not in the future. It's now. It's for my family. It's for my body. It's for my relationships. It's for my job. It's now. What do you want me to do now? Because we don't have another life. There is an urgency. That's not rhetoric. It's the word. We don't have another time to live in. This is our time. And I don't know if you've looked around. But there's, it, they're, they're, the, the atmosphere is charged. There's things all over the world going. That it's ripe for us to walk in what God has ordained we walk in. It's how we look at it. It can be all around us. And we're asleep. Because we don't believe that it's actually imminent. We believe, ah, that's what we've heard. But it is imminent. Over and over. I've heard from men of God, heard them say, Pastor Hagen was on in Winter Bible just a few years ago, and he had a vision while he was on the stage, and he said there was a veil around the earth, and he was speaking with Jesus, but there was a veil, and it was so thin. And Jesus said, I'm coming back quickly. It's much sooner than we believe it is. It's not way off in the future. This is our time. It's, it's, it's recognizing the times and the seasons yes. Yes. that we have the Spirit of God on us and in us to do what He would have us to do. Yes. It's what us not waiting for somebody else to pick up on it. It's us. Yes. Every person. That's what revival is, is when people take a hold and believe it's alive now. Yes. Not... 50 years ago, not 20 years from now. Oh, when this new revival, yes, it's a move of God. Yes, it's his timing. But we need to understand that regardless of that, we need to have it in our hearts and change our minds and realize it's imminent. Now, don't wait for some quote unquote other thing to happen. You know, move out there and then we'll jump on. We need to realize we are anointed by God for our lives now, regardless of anything else going on, His will remains the same. In the U.S. Not just overseas. Well, did you hear about that overseas? Well, they're really having a good revival over there. Here. Praise God. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. This world's asleep. They don't understand what's going on. They think it will always go on. As far as like this, well... Yeah, I mean, they're, they're moved by all the news up and down and everywhere. That's it. That, the spiritual realm, they're asleep to it. It's fiction to them. We're not supposed to act like that. We have a reality. As Christians, we know God. God wants to do something in this earth. 
Now it's a consciousness of the spiritual. It's a consciousness of reality. Of what's really going on. Don't be conformed to the way the world's doing things. The way they're operating. They don't have understanding. Why would we follow them? Don't follow somebody that's spiritually blind. Where are you going to end up? You have the Spirit of God in, on the inside of you. You have the anointing of God upon you. Well, yeah, I know, I know, but my job. You need, we need to get rid of the, the, the mentality that somehow it's somebody else, sometime it's going to be some other life or when something changes or when something out there is different and pull it in and say, now, God, I am operating fully to the best of my ability after you. I am changing my mind to believe you are imminent. You are at hand. Now, when I wake up, you're at hand. You're not, well, man. Ten years from now, if I can only get here. No, now, pull it in. Whatever you're supposed to be doing, if it's a, if it's a plan that's going to take a while, then you should be operating in the first steps now. In other words, flush anything that isn't part of the plan. Flush anything that isn't part of what God would have you to do. Get rid of it. Because it's a waste of time. Did you hear me? If we truly believe, we change. We, cha we change our expectancy. We change what we do. You don't act the same when you believe nothing is going to happen as you do when you think it's imminent. Changes your behavior. You can tell what we believe. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. That's what we're talking about. You change your mind from over here, eh, nothing to here. It's coming. What do I do? That's how we're transformed. We change from, eh, well, maybe, I don't know, whatever. That's for some time. We'll just do this now because we never know. To, wait a minute, what is my position? What am I supposed to do? I'm getting in place because I, I'm believing something. What is that? Mind renewal? That's changing our mind. That's changing from nothing to imminent. That you may, approve, you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put up that last scripture. The, the Ben Campbell translation. Put our eyes on it. Then we close. From that time, Jesus was in prison. Jesus began, or John was in prison. His, uh, Jesus began his ministry saying to all the people, change your attitude and actions because an invasion of the Spirit is imminent. An invasion of the Spirit is imminent. It's not when you see it. It's when you change to believe that it's true and start changing your mind and your actions accordingly that stuff starts to change. Believe you're anointed. Declare you're anointed. Declare God's truce in your life. Now, you know, we just celebrated the 4th of July, Independence Day in this country. 
We celebrate the day we declared independence, not the day we won independence. When we stated, we're free, that's the day we celebrate. Then the war started. And when you declare God's word in your life, there may be some pushback, but guys, that doesn't mean it's right, it's wrong, it's the right way to go. We need to press in and say, God, I believe you, I believe what you said, I believe it's evident, I believe everything that I, that's in the word, I am taking it now. It's not for 10 years from now, it's now. I declare it in my life now. Don't wait for it to show up. Declare it now and go after it. Start living like your life matters now. Sometimes we, we say, well, of course my life matters. Do we act like what we do matters in the kingdom of God? Declare it. Act on it. And walk into it. That the anointing is upon us now. Well, it should be nice. I wish, oh, yeah, I need to do such and such. No, now. Declare it. Bring it in now. Glory to God.